as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the gifts, the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden, by, hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, so that they may rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains, 
and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Father in heaven, we hear these examples of great faith from fallible and broken people. And we remember that you love them just as you love us. And none of these things happen because of their strength, advantage or ability, but by the eternal promises of the one in whom they place their faith. Lord, we ask that you would help us keep our eyes and hearts fixed on Jesus and that our faith would be placed in you. Too often we run to the things of this world to sustain us. We ask that our faith be in you and your promise, not in money, not in physical strength, not in beauty, not in intellectual prowess, not in another person, be it a spouse, a parent or a child. It is by faith in Jesus alone that your plan of salvation for the world is accomplished. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Let us rejoice in the word of the Lord and the faith and hope God has given us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we praise you for Jesus, your Son, who has given us a true faith and a sure hope. Help us, we pray, to live as those who believe and trust in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection to life everlasting. And strengthen this faith and hope in us all the days of our life. The love of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. So with these examples of God's faithful and steadfast love in mind, we're going to take some time to pray for people and work that God has called us to as a group of believers. And so we're going to spend some time silently praying for healing and restoration for those in our midst who are sick, broken, depressed and downtrodden.
Now let us spend a few minutes silently asking God for humility and reliance on him as we proclaim the gospel to those in our lives who don't know Jesus. And as we enter this time of prayer, and with the faithfulness of God in mind, I'm going to spend some time praying out loud for the five-year vision that God has called us to, and the steps it will take us to see these things come to fruition. So there's, there's five uh, points there as prompts from the five-year vision, so what we're going to do is pray for one at a time. So I'm going to just read through one as a prompt and then open it up for a few minutes, and if you, if you feel led, then you can pray out into the congregation here. And then I'll wrap up and move on to the next one. So the first one is praying that we as a gathering will continue to grow deeper in God's love and grace and loving each other and those around us in order to bring healing and restoration and to see God's kingdom advance. So let's just take a few minutes now and if, if you feel um, comfortable and led to, I um, invite you to pray out loud uh, for us now.
And they're going to pray that um, we'd be committed to serve within our giftedness to reflect and accomplish God's purposes. So again, we'll take a couple of minutes and um, please pray if you feel that. Okay, we're going to pray for wisdom and also protection from the evil one for our staff, leadership, council and elders as they serve our church gathering.
And then I'm going to combine the last two here. So we're going to pray for the two church plants that we hope to see God raise up through the work he's called us to do and pray for the leaders and families that will be involved. Uh, Pray that their work will be fruitful and continue to share the gospel in the places where they meet and serve. So it's going to take a couple of minutes to do that. Lord, we recognise that we can do none of these things in our own strength. Thank you for the faith to sustain us in these efforts. You are good, and all you do is good. Hallelujah and Amen. So I invite you to stand as we continue to sing.